Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement. Welcome into the final edition of the Retirement Pilot for 2020. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast with Steve Hoover and myself. Steve is the financial coach at Wealth Partners Corporation, and we have made it to the end of the year. Of course, we're going to do some more podcasts coming back in 2021, but for right now, we get to wrap up this crazy kooky season with our final episode of the year. And we're going to do some lessons from the Market Crash Hall of Fame, some things that we've gone through in the last uh, 20 years or so, and talk about how that has just kind of culminated in various different things from a investing in finance and retirement standpoint. But first, let's say, hey, to Steve, what's going on, man? Can you believe we're finally made it to the end of the year? Thank goodness. Let's get it over with. Exactly. Now, of course, we're taping this a couple of weeks before the actual end of the year, but it's the last episode for us because the holidays will then be upon us, and uh, hopefully folks will be able to enjoy themselves. Restricted, but hopefully you'll be able to enjoy yourself, right? That's right. And so uh, you got any big plans, or are you guys going to take it easy around the house like most of us, I guess? Uh, we aren't traveling. We're just going to kind of hang around. So um, it's <laughs> so strange. pretty it? quiet. It's actually, it's funny. This is the first time since 1992 I've been home for both Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely changed a lot of things, that's for sure. So if we had confetti and, and little uh, you know little whistles, we probably would use them right now, but we don't. But we hope everybody has a great holiday season, or at least as good as it can be, and you look forward to moving into 2021 uh, with some optimism and some hope for sure. But let's go ahead and jump into our talk today and talk about some lessons we might could take from some of these big uh, black swan events, as they're called, in the stock market. So like the Black Tuesday, Steve, right? We all think about that and hear about the industry. Uh, most people, I think, even you know, even if it doesn't, obviously you're not even alive and it didn't affect you from 1929, but if you're learning and you're working with an advisor, you're going through it, you've heard about this you know, granddaddy of them all that kind of kicked off the Great Depression. But since most of us really weren't affected by that, let's go with what our listener base, people that are getting close to retirement, a little bit something more current that they can relate to. So we'll go back 20 years uh, and just look at the few things we've seen in the last well, I guess it's about four events or so over the last 20 years that we could talk about and think about how each one probably bothered you a little bit more, most likely because you're aging through that, right? So for example, let's go to the dot-com crash of uh, 2000, Steve. Obviously that was the tech bubble burst. You know, if you were 35 or even 40, yeah, you might've had an eye on that, but it might not have stressed you out as much as it does now, or if it happened now when you're 55 or 60, Right. Oh, absolutely. And that that is one of the hallmarks of not being so condensed or, or allocated to one particular industry or one particular stock. Asset you know, class. You must, be, you must be diversified. And yeah. because anybody who got hurt in the dot-com got hurt because they were so concentrated in the dot-com side. And you're right. If you were 35, it really wasn't that big a deal. You know, okay, great. I'll, I've got time. You might have lost something. Back. Yeah, right. Yeah, but if you're if you're within five years of retirement or two years of retirement and you lose that much money, you're done. 
you're you're not retiring. So yeah, yeah it has a different perspective at that point. Well, and Steve, some might say that we're looking at something very similar again right now. You know, as what's the saying? Uh, uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Uh, these Fang stocks, these uh, these big tech stocks, really have been leading the growth in the markets in the S and P and the Dow. We've seen all of 2020 has really been led by a small handful of companies. So it's a little bit. Again, depending on who you're talking to, that's a little bit of a false narrative, supposedly. And some folks say it's very similar to the dot-com era where we could see that tech bubble burst. It, it is. And one of the things that that I always talk to, to people about, if, if I have some clients who like, that want to be in those hot areas. And, and I'll, I'll give you an example. And this isn't a client, but this is a friend of mine. And he keeps talking about in a certain car company that does electric cars. Okay. I won't name the name. <laughs> we could probably guess, but yeah. Yeah, he keeps talking about about the company and how the stock's rising and just going through. Well, that's great and it has, but it's been since March. If you look back over the last 5 or, or so years, it really hasn't done much. And and if if he wants to I as I said, he's not a client of mine, but my my theory is fine. If that's what you want to do and you want to to concentrate on that, and that's your your deal. Then what you have to do is you have to put in a a base and say, okay, if it hits a certain number on the high, let's take our profit. I can always rebuy it, but let's take our profit. If it if it goes down to a certain point, let's set our base and say we don't want to lose any more than this. And that way you get away from the greed and the fear issues that comes in when you are over exposed to one particular area. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to a lot of people in the dot com. They just got, I hate to use the word greedy, but that's, they like seeing the, the, you know, you know, I made 600% of my fund this, this, this year. Great. Take your profit and go do something else with it. And maybe not as, as, as a risky because something that goes up that fast, that quick can go down just that fast and that quick, which is what they found out. So it's all about perspective and you've got to put a, a, a base on it saying, look, if, you know, okay, fine. I only made 110% on it. I didn't make 150. I'll make 110 and I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, let's call it what it is. I mean, that's, we're all trying to make as much as we can. Typically that's kind of somewhat par for the course. And so, you know, greed is what it is. I mean, the two biggest problems that we typically face when it it comes to dealing with the market is greed and fear. So certainly understandable. And that was 2000. That was in April of 2000 when the dot-com crash started. Uh, It didn't bottom out until 2002. Now it was helped along in its problem because of obviously the September 11th tax, which was, uh, so in 2001, we had the single or the third single uh, third largest, excuse me, single day decline in history. And often that whole 2000 to really right up until the financial crisis started in 08 is called the lost decade, where pretty much the entire decade just did not perform very well. Certain industries didn't perform very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, if you were only in the S&P 500, you know, those are the 500 uh, stocks. Right. Yeah. It, it, and those were basically large cap, if you will, growth stocks. If you were so concentrated in that, yeah, it was a lost dec- decade. But if you were diversified, where you own some international, you own some emerging market, you own some small cap, small companies, you did all right. You, did, you didn't have a lost decade. And that, that all has to do with 
the diversification issue that most people don't. Right now, we're running into that. Um, everybody is in what's what's like you said earlier the the dot com uh, not the dot coms but the tech the big the tech thing, yeah mm-hmm. that that are just killing it. Well, if 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 we were to experience something like the dot com or the September 11th you know interruption on Wall Street you know, those, those companies may have an issue, you know, they, so you're over concentrated in one area, you're going to make hay, you know, make hay while, you know, as they say, while it's going up, but boy, be, be ready to pull the plug on it. Don't, don't just, don't just watch it go (laughs) all the way down on you. Don't, don't be like a lot of people did in in the dot com in 2001 just said, I'm just going to watch this thing go all the way down to, to almost zero. Yeah, chasing returns often, you know, chasing those big numbers can get us into trouble. True diversification is really important in that. And so hopefully we're learning, we've learned some lessons and we'll continue to do so. Uh, so let's move into the 2008 since I talked about it. That's where a lot of folks, so again, if we're kind of using that age analogy here, there were obviously very many people who were close to retirement when that happened and it, you know, it just ruined it. You know, 50% drops certainly in the in the 2008 financial crisis caused a lot of people not to be able to retire. But, you know, for a lot of the folks that you're currently seeing now, this was 10, 12 years ago. So they maybe weren't quite there yet. You know, maybe they were 45 or 48 or 50 and they saw maybe their their parents or whatever the case might be. And so, you know, we, we know all the things with the Fed and the markets and all that kind of stuff that caused it. But again, what kind of lessons are we learning? Have we put some things in place moving forward? And we can really answer that with the next conversation when we when we talk about the coronavirus pandemic and what happened in March of this year. Because in many cases, Steve, the lessons didn't get learned because 2019, the market was up great and people are just, you know, riding high. And they took a beating in March of this year when we had a fall. So it seems as though we see these things happen cyclically, but we don't quite learn. Is that fair? It is. And the, the one thing that I, when I talk to, to, to people and I'm going through and doing the reviews and with prospective clients, they, the one thing that people I think don't understand is they don't have to earn 15, 20% a year to hit their objective. To make it work, right. To make it work. And, and the, the, there's always a flip side to it. If you're going to earn on average, you know, if you're going to earn 15, 20% on your money, you have to be able to withstand a what we had in March, which was a thirty percent decline. Right, and that is when you talk to people, they're they're really not willing to to take that kind of loss. They want that kind of gain, but they're not willing to take that kind of loss. And and when we build plans for people or look at the numbers of what we have to get to hit their income objectives, they don't have to they don't have to average 20 percent a year. If, if most people of, of the ones I've worked with, we're looking at, they have to average anywhere from five to seven, seven and a half percent a year on their money. And that allows them not to take as much risk, which doesn't put them at, in, in harm's way when we have a 2008 crisis or we have the, a, a pandemic that, that shuts things down and puts things into uncertainty. Yeah. So if we can build something for them that, that is not overly aggressive and, and they they can earn the five to seven percent a year on average. They're going to be just fine. And I think really that's going to be the takeaway from today's podcast, Steve, is, you know, so we've got these four examples of the last 20 years of various different things. And there's a pattern in that to a certain degree in how people react. Again, greed and fear, right? We tend to 
uh, we tend to just either go all in or not. And I think that's part of the, the conversation that you and I have had many times here on the show is there are other things and other ways for you to plan for retirement. It doesn't have to all people tend to say, I'm either in the market or I'm sitting in cash. We will get emails about that. Hey, what should I do or whatever the case is? There is a plethora of other things out there. Yes, the market is very important for growth and so on and so forth. But again, to your point, you don't have to chase these massive returns in order to make the plan work. If you've gotten a plan put together and you see that you need a certain percentage to make that happen, then maybe that's what you should be looking at having at risk versus putting your entire future at, you know, at risk when it comes to that. And I think that's maybe one of the lessons we don't take from these things we've seen over the last 20 years is what do you need to make it happen? And then where do you go from there for getting a proper plan so that you're not exposing yourself way more than necessary? Yeah, it is. And what I find is, is when you do a, when you talk to somebody and you give them a range and say, okay, are you okay with losing 10% of your money? Yes. What if you lose 15? Are you going to have a issue sleeping at night? Oh yeah, boy. I, I, if I saw my account down 15% at some point, I, I couldn't sleep at night. Okay. Well then you, the, what I always find is their current portfolio has it to where they could be down 25%. And what happens is I call it, I call it risk creep. So in other words, when the market's doing really well, people's risk tolerance goes up because what they're seeing is they're seeing their, their growth in their portfolio continue to grow up, but their risk is going up with it. But they're justifying to themselves at that point, that's okay because I'm making money. Right. And so what inevitably happens is when the thing starts to go bad, they have gotten themselves to a point of where their risk tolerance is way out of whack. Yeah, they, yeah. They've got it up to where they're, they're going to lose 25 or 30% and they're not comfortable with it, but they've gotten themselves there because they've justified it saying, I'll take this extra risk now so that I can get a higher rate of return. And then when things start to go down, I'll, I'll go ahead and readjust. Well, they don't. They, it goes down a little bit and they go, well, it, it went up that fast. It'll come back. Yeah. Well, yeah. what we found in 2000 in the dot com, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. 2008, mm -hmm. that didn't happen. And if you're within, you know, five, even 10 years of retirement, you can't afford that. So having a, a portfolio that is built to meet your risk tolerance in any kind of market is what you need. And it makes life so much easier on you. You don't have to worry about it. Exactly. And so folks, hopefully you, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up 2020 and and hopefully what's happened this year with the pandemic. But, you know, when's the next one? Because if you think that there's not going to be a next one, you're just totally kidding yourself. I mean, that's just the way that the, the market goes. That's the way it moves. It's in cycles. Uh, we always know, you know, a couple of things. It's going to go up and it's going to go down. It's going to do something, right? You can never really predict it. So the idea is to have a plan in place that helps you achieve the goals that you want to achieve. And that's when it comes to working with a financial coach and when it comes to getting a good plan in place for the retirement that you need for yourself. So do yourself a favor, do your retirement a favor, have a conversation with Steve. If you've caught this podcast uh, through one of his email blasts or something of that nature,
nature. Subscribe to the show. You'll get new episodes when they come out. Of course, you can find us at Apple, Google, iHeart, Spotify, all the major platforms. Uh, you can always just call Steve as well if you've got questions, if you want to make sure that you are putting a plan together that's going to help you get through the next downturn. Because, again, it will happen. It's just a matter of when. Uh, and, of course, as we all say, no one has a, you know, a crystal ball. So you just got to do what you can do and make those plans work for the ideas and the retirement lifestyle that you're looking for. So give Steve a call at 913-685-3207. It's 913-685-3207. Before you take any action, you should always check with a qualified professional like Steve at Wealth Partners Corporation. You can also find him online at wealthpartnerskc.com. He's got more than 20 years of experience, so a great resource for you. Steve, my friend, that's going to do it, man. Thank you so much for the year. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. I've learned a lot, had a good conversation with you, and I look forward to doing more. You got it. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. Have a great holiday season with the significant other there. Uh, Folks, stay safe and sane, and we'll see you in 2021 here on The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.